subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Ty, we got plenty of uh, college football to talk about. And, of course, Arkansas's head football coach, Sam Pittman, going to join us later on at 8 o'clock. We'll get into some of the better memories that he's had thus far as being the head coach here. But this this pass act, and it's uh, it's being put together by uh, two centers, one of many of which you know and Tommy Tuberville, uh, protecting athletes, schools, and sports. Uh, released the bill. Uh, guys, What it, it's 38 pages long. I actually somehow, someway made it through all 38 pages I, yesterday. I don't buy any I of that. I swear. Bull butter. Between last night and this morning, I read every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Now, well, then tell us about it. Here, me and Chuck will just give you the stage. The whole, the whole segment? Go ahead and give us You want the, me to get to the yeah. whole segment? Well, What's your take? What's your take on it? Well, first off, give us a little background on the... Uh, on the highlights well, here. Well, the two senators, again, Tuberville and Manchin, that have been working on this, it's been about a year since they put this together. Um, there's actually, I didn't know this, but there's two other bills that are, are kind of in the midst of being drafted and put together right now. I thought there was just one, but other senators are doing the same thing. Uh, it's a combination of like NIL, transfer portal, uh, contract restrictions for NIL deals, uh, boosters and collectives having to be a part of the school. I mean, I thought a lot of it made sense. There's probably things I'm not thinking about that other people's have issues with, but I didn't have I didn't take a huge issue with some of the stuff I was reading. Well, the the most notice, uh, you know, the most notable thing I think is that you've got to be three years somewhere before you can enter the transfer portal. Um, that's pretty bombshell right there. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just saying that's pretty bombshell right there and there's also a lot of wording in there about collectives that you know money that collectives offer can't be uh, used as recruiting inducements and apparently that is going to be enforced i think the one thing that you have to keep in mind here is that um you know this is only a proposal you can call something bipartisan but that doesn't necessarily make it that way this is a proposal it's not approved legislation it hasn't been voted on congress is getting ready to go on its summer recess uh they're not going to be back until after labor day so it's impossible for anything to be done on this before then and even then it won't happen you're going to have to have debate it's going to go to the floor it's not as though there's going to be just oh well this is a great bipartisan bill let's rubber stamp it and get it on the uh, get it on the move that's not going to happen um, there are those who, and one of the things in this was, you know, there are those who feel like athletes should be categorized as employees of universities. And uh, there are those in Congress who feel as though that should be the case. There are those who feel it should not be the case. And um, this bill does not make them employees. And so you're going to have some pushback on that. And there's going to be debate. 
And then there will be changes, as there always are, in congressional bills. This is how the process works. So this is a first step. The SEC released a statement on this. Basically, if you get through the two paragraphs and get to the crux of the matter, they basically thank the two senators for their dedication in drafting this bill. And nothing more. Because they know there's a lot more to come on this. Um, they have been, um, you know, and by they, I mean these two senators and others feel compelled to act on this. Mm-hmm. They're smart enough to know that these things are important to the American public. Not as important as, say, perhaps the housing crisis, but, you know, they're important. And, yeah. But this is only one step, and it's the first step of what will be many steps. And we'll just see ultimately what it looks like if anything is passed. And you can bet all these guys, they want to be the one in front of the television camera saying they're, they're the one that <laughs> yeah. saved college football. Oh, yeah. And there's going to be competition for that among all of them, you can bet. We had Greg Sankey with us last Thursday, and I asked him directly what role do you think Tommy Tuberville could play in getting this ushered through Congress. And he said, well, he's one of 50. And But I got to believe he knew something like this was coming because – this has been in the works for a year. Greg Sankey. Well, that's why they went up there. It. Yeah, I mean, that's why exactly. they went up there. But, and um, and um, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone, and 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 I don't think the SEC office, for example, was surprised no, by anything in this legislation. But um, you know, and then once a piece of legislation's passed, it's going to be challenged. I mean, this is this this is going to go through the courts, and it's going to be a lengthy process. But it is a first step. Yeah. Uh, no, only two percent of things that are, that are only 2% of the bills that are brought to the floor are actually ever passed and go into law. So yeah. there is 98% of the things that go before Congress. Well, as presented. as Exactly. So as it, presented. And I was just trying to kind of go at your point, another angle. 98% of the time, things have drastic change, drastic debate. I can't wait for some of these committee hearings that will be on C-SPAN and other places because you can, there's ridiculous questions on topics we know nothing about. Not that we know a great deal about the inner workings of all of this, but I can't wait for some of these senators and congressmen and representatives to some of the questions that will be asked in committee hearings. It's going to be entertaining. Which, Chuck, I don't know if you knew this. C-SPAN broadcasts what, Congress? <laughs> full-time? I found that out last he week. He didn't know C-SPAN existed until I don't, last I don't watch the news or any of that. Hey, but I'm glad you brought oh, up... Oh, surely. surely I, I know that's surprising. I've never heard of C-SPAN. <laughs> hey, listen, you brought up the process. I'm going to bring people back to their childhood for a sec, because I guarantee you, you two watched this, the schoolhouse rock thing in 1975. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey to the Capitol City. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. But I know I'll be a law someday. At least I hope and pray that I will. But today I am still. Just you remember that, right? I remember I mean, This was something. Oh, I remember that, yeah. This was when I, I watched. I was like, why does this, why does this sound familiar? And. When I'm when I'm reading some of this, I was like, I have to go back and watch this. I think they showed us this in elementary or middle school back in there, yeah. but it was it was created in Schoolhouse Rock in 1975. And when I went to elementary and middle school in the 2000s, it was still being utilized. That still stands up today. I don't know if <laughs> school curriculum well, and stuff still use it, but I I enjoyed watching it. I watched the. 
two or three minute clip this morning and I was like, ah, that brings me back. And it kind of, again, it's a very dumbed down version of kind of how this process works, but it kind of, again, enlightened me because I hadn't thought about this in quite some time because I don't ever... Well, I think I the think idea of that. anything happening in this calendar year, as you were saying, Congress is going on recess. Um, but even if they got something passed before this Congress ended, and in, in what would that be, December, uh, and then reseated in January, uh, even then it would probably be another year or more before it's actually enacted into law if they can even come up with something that can pass. Well, and, and look, I, I don't know that we've done a real good job, frankly, of explaining all the things that are in here. One of the things that um, is in here is that a lot of these contracts are going to be made public. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I believe goes to the heart of what must be changed in the manner in which we do things. Because, look, it's not fair to the players, It's not fair to the schools. It's not fair to the people that are recruiting. There must be transparency. None of this is ever going to work if there is not transparency. A quarterback that is being recruited by one SEC school has to have a working knowledge of what a quarterback of similar abilities is getting at another school. You have to know that. Mm -hmm. Just as... All people that work in whatever job they have, you've got databases. If you're inquisitive and creative, you can find out what people of similar abilities are making. And and, and you make your judgment relative to the size area that you live in. Well, these kids don't have that advantage. And when a recruiter goes out and goes to a player and finds out that or is told that some other, well, they're offering me $5 million. They're guaranteeing me $6 million over four years. Well, you don't know if that's true. You don't have any idea if that's true. Or when they say, well, they gave so-and-so, so-and-so, and they're going to give me, well, you don't know if they gave that guy that or not. They're just saying that. There's got to be transparency there. This bill does address that. There are things in this bill that need to happen. There are things in this bill that I know are going to be watered down. They're going to they're gonna have a hard time. They're going to have a hard time prohibiting kids from transferring inside that three-year window. There's going to be blowback on that. Yeah. There's going to be blowback on benefits. There's going to be blowback on benefits after kids quit playing. Um, all that stuff's going to come into the equation here. But there are some things in this bill that are really good. Transparency's one of them. And, and, and I think it's the most important thing, frankly. Well, the... The thing for me that legislation needs to solve and what is at the heart of the issue and has been since this conversation began is is how do you keep NIL from becoming an inducement with recruiting? That was never the intent. That's what needs to go away. NIL should never be used as the reason someone goes to a school because a booster is essentially going to buy off a player. That's what legislation needs to eliminate. Well, if that's what the legislation eliminates, and I agree with that, But if that's what it eliminates, there has to be an enforcement arm. There has to be an enforcement arm. And the NCAA in its current state, minus subpoena power, I mean, we pick on the NCAA. Well, you try to go get the truth from somebody without subpoena power. (laughs) I mean, go try to pull that one off. And, uh, um, you know, minus, minus subpoena power, they, they're always going to be toothless. So my point is, is I think that moving forward, yeah. if, if 
something like this is passed, I think the new probation will come from violating collectives. I think that's where the, you know, when, when, when schools get hammered, I think that may be where it is. But I say that with the full knowledge that minus a real enforcement arm, um, this isn't going to have as much teeth as maybe some people might think. So who, who would it fall under? I mean, would the federal government be the ones looking at it? District attorneys, U.S. attorneys? I, you know, I, I'm, I don't know enough about where this will end up because we don't have a finished product here, but who would have... Because well, you would essentially be breaking federal law at this point. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't know the answer to that, and I don't, don't want to get carried. I don't want to get carried away on the possibilities there. I do think the NCAA has a legit prez right now in Charlie Baker. This guy's been a governor. Um, he knows his stuff, and he's been very candid as he looks back at some of the mistakes that have been made with NIL. And, you know, he made the statement, and I think he's right. I think this happened. Uh, There's evidence that people are still trying to pull it off. There are a lot of people that feel like no rules do work or might work for them. Well, we may be at an advantage if there are no rules. Maybe we really don't want rules. I think there were people that approached this that way. And he's been very candid in his conversations about that. And I think he's on the right track. I think he's well-intentioned. I, you know, I don't want to use an old corny phrase like he means business, but I think he (laughs) understands the business. I think he understands it very, very well. He understands the legislative process. It's a man who's been a governor of 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 a state before. I mean, he understands how this game works. That gives me a little bit of hope. But again, minus, you know, minus an enforcement arm, some of this stuff's going to yeah. be, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to track. Yeah. Yeah. We are at step A. We got a long way oh, to go. I no mean, question about it. Long way is to that go. Not, is that one, not what it mentions when it talks about the Federal Trade Commission and being able to investigate stuff with NIL? Is that not the enforcement part of all this when you make it the uniform, the contracts? Is well, that not what you that's are? part Perhaps. of the proposal. I have a difficult time believing that the Federal Trade Commission ultimately is going to have authority over NCAA recruiting, nor do I really believe that they should. But again, minus you know, minus a real enforcement authority, um, and I don't know that turning it over to the federal federal bureaucracy is the best way to go. But um, you got to be able to enforce this stuff. So, so explain, y'all better explain this to me. Well, you I'm, read the thirty-eight pages. I did. You need but, to explain yeah, it to us. Yeah. I, that doesn't mean I know it fully. The ins and outs and stuff. Some of this stuff still over my head. How does this still? We need to read all of it. But how <laughs> does this still prohibit the inducement? You guys brought that up. That doesn't. I, I'm still trying to find the the portion of this that prohibits the inducements of when it comes to the NIL. This can still you can still induce someone with NIL money. It's just pu- it's going to potentially be public now. I don't know how that stops and prohibits people coming well, to school. My, my opinion is whatever law they do end up passing, whatever gets signed and the bill is now law, needs to curb that. Because NIL was never intended to be a way to induce, basically buy a kid to go to a school. I don't school. think you're ever going to be able to stop that. That's the that's the point I'm making. How can you prohibit? And you can say, oh, we didn't. Oh, I don't disagree with that. that, like that yeah. And that's where I'm coming from. How are you ever going? Whatever law. Like, y- y- give me an example. Like, how are you going to stop that anywhere? Like, Arkansas has well, beneficial NIL well, laws. 
Here, well, to other here's, 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 and, and you're kind of getting to the rub on this. And I, I don't, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but this does force boosters and collectives to affiliate with a school. Yeah. It does explicitly prohibit NIL money from being used as an inducement in recruiting in the transfer portal. Um, that's why I say I think that the next step, if this is passed, is that's where your enforcement's going to have to come. And that's, that's, that's where if there's cheating, if you want to use that term, I think that's where it's going to come from. I don't know if that answered your question or not. I, I guess partially, but I, I don't know what schools are, themselves are going to enforce it. I don't know. Again, you're never going to stop inducing this. Once the, the well, cat's well, out of the bag. It's one, one, here's, here, here's why you have to have federal legislation, and i got to get to Wiker Realtors here in a minute, but here's why you got to have federal legislation on this. States are passing their own legislation. We've we got a piece of legislation up for a vote in Arkansas, if you've been paying attention. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of these states, it explicitly states that they are exempt from NCAA enforcement. It specifically states that in the law, meaning they can do whatever they want. This is the sports version of states' rights. We can do whatever we want. We dare you to. We dare the federal cover, government to come in and stop us. Well, there's got to be uniformity. There has to be a federal law on this, and I hate to say that. You know, I, I mean, I hate to say, boy, well, you know, we need the feds to come in and take yeah. over. But <laughs> if you've got states <laughs> that are trying to protect their you know, these legislators trying to protect their favorite university and the legislation that they write, um, you can't have that because you're not going to have a level playing field. So there needs to be some sort of federal legislation. But in this present form, you know, we'll just have to see. It's going to be watered down, I'm sure, before it ever comes to the floor for vote. I guess if you're Tommy Tuberville or Joe Manchin or anyone trying to put together a reasonable proposal and Charlie Baker's working in lockstep with these guys – you, you want to come up with with whatever it is that's not going to be immediately challenged in every court, thrown out by a by a district judge or a, or a, a federal judge or it gets to the Supreme Court and all the work done doesn't hold muster because people are asking about, you know, salary caps, essentially. Well, you got to have collective bargaining. I mean, there's a lot of deep in the weeds labor law stuff that, hey, this goes on in the NFL or the NBA. Yeah, but they have a union and they have collective bargaining and that's not the setup in college sports. And so you've got a whole different set of legal challenges that are beyond my scope of, of knowledge. But I know the last thing you want to do is pass a law that's going to be immediately, you know, put on hold by the courts. Well, you're right. And I'm sure that there will be injunctions issued. Yeah. I, have, I, I have no doubt about that. I, that. That's just how all this works. And um, you're entering into the political realm now. Mm-hmm. And the reality is it moves very, very slowly. So this is going to move very, very slowly. And in the meantime, schools are going to keep doing exactly what they're doing right now. Don't get it while yourself. you can. Well, Chuck brings up a, a good point. And, and I don't, Greg Sankey kind of alluded to it last week. It's not like they want Congress to get involved, but they're out of options at op- this point. And Chuck brings up the transparency aspect. You were calling for transparency, Chuck. You're asking Congress to call for transparency on this. That sure sounds... Well, now let me say this, though. I'm going to say this. I'd rather have Congress dealing with than these state legislatures. I'm just going to be blunt. 
I would rather have Congress dealing with this than a bunch of state legislatures who are trying to protect their schools. Mm-hmm. That's not good for the game. Well, the, the individuality that you talked about where, again, the states are trying to help out their own schools, which, I mean, if I was a, uh, someone within the state with that kind of power, I'd be doing the exact same thing. I'm not saying that, but we're at Well, a, then you would be one who did not care about the greater good of college football. But your job as a you would state, be a what's in it for me guy. A, your job as a state person. No, is to your job your as a state, state person is to represent is to, your district. Which and there are more important compri- things. Well, Ty, there are more important things for state legislators to be dealing with an NIL. No, they don't know anything well, about. That's that's well, true. Congress too, but you're, you're oh, co- and that's that's true. We I, got so many things going on with the United States right now. But your job, your obligation, is not to. It's two Arkansans or two Floridians or wherever you're serving at this point. I think that's at least the... I disagree. Why, why is a state legislator's job to, to, to serve the greater good of football? It's not to serve his home school. That's not, the, that's, that's not what public service is about, guys. You know better than that. We all know better than that. We get it to it. We're from a point. We don't want to be in this territory, but that's the argument that people will make is that each each county, and that's why it's screwed up. And that's why that's why it's all screwed up. And that's why Congress has to get involved. During the summer months, I know many of you are active, go into the lake, go into the beach. And if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. And you can get 50% off your order right now using the code HTL50. Just go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be ready in about two minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus, they have over 34 weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right with Factor. Take 50% off right now. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. That's Factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
You know, Cody brings up an excellent point. If Zach can afford to buy two Taylor Swift tickets for DQ, he is vastly, vastly Did overpaid. Did Zach buy those tickets? Bought them both. And the parking, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's our graduation gift. Wow, you and you know what he about, never, You know what he did? Well, he, he, he probably dropped four or five grand on that. What do you think? Yeah, probably more. I'd probably take a zero or two off of that. But uh, he didn't even ask. How much to, are Taylor Swift tickets these days? How much. much are they, Ty? Uh, on the secondary market, they bust six, seven hundred dollars. I mean, I, I had a buddy that. Oh, had, I thought it'd be more than that. Honestly, I, let me let me tell you this. I had a buddy that was, I don't know if bamboozled is the right word, but heavily convinced by his wife and he dropped $1,400 for one night. Wow. Mm. One ticket. And it wasn't she went? She went? By yeah, she went w- with friends, oh, but okay. she coerced him into to having to do yeah. that. So in other words, he paid $1,400 to have the evening to himself? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Good I, investment or bad? Might, might paid $1,400 bucks not to have to go. Yeah, exactly. Do you think they'd be? Hey, if those tickets have been two hundred a piece, he'd have had to go. Yeah, yeah that is a good. Point. But at fourteen hundred a piece, he doesn't have to go. Uh-huh. Morning rush daily question part two: If Ty Richardson had two tickets to a Taylor Swift concert, could could he procure a date for that for that event? Oh, I think Easy. he could. Easy. I think he could. I think he'd take his pick. Yeah, I think they'd line up for Taylor Swift. Yeah, and they'd line up for me too. Be They're not. T- yeah, well, no. Don't well, kid yourself. Well. They're not lining up for you. No, they're it lining would, up for her. It would be a combination of both. They'd say, "Oh, Ty's a, a nice guy. He's respectable. He's uh, he's successful." And then also, this is a entertainer that a lot of young ladies in their twenties enjoy going to see. So yeah, it'd be a it'd be a you double. You or Taylor me. Swift is the entertainer. Well. Come up with a couple of tickets and tell us how it goes. Yeah. Tell us how it goes. Yeah. I do I have mean, to. You make plenty of money. Six, yeah. seven hundred a ticket. That's no big deal yeah. for you. I wish that was the case. Money. I just I do radio for fun, Chuck. Mm-hmm. I do it because I love it and I grew up listening to it. But uh, not unlike yourself. Now, except you make like eight times what I do. But um, <laughs> well, it's, in, in, it's a lot more than that. In, <laughs> in conjunction with procuring a date, I do have to find a every this next wedding I'm going to. Everyone gets a plus one. It's in New Orleans, so I do have to figure that out. Hmm. How I'm going to well. convince a young lady that I'm not dating. That's that, the danger zone. When yeah. you start taking a girl to a wedding, you're 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 wading yeah. into the danger zone. Yeah. Right out of there. town, and I mean, it's an off-campus. Out of town, wedding. New Orleans, yeah. Romantic City. Yeah, watch yourself. Yep. Yeah, so we got to figure that one out. I don't oh. know that that's going to be the more difficult obstacle than the the Taylor Swift thing. All right, we got Sam Pittman coming up in about thirty minutes, and I was thinking about again entering his fourth season at Arkansas. Some of your favorite Sam Pittman moments. Thus far, I'll let you guys go first. I've got mine already corked up, queued up, ready to go. But what would you say is your favorite Pittman memory thus far since he's been in Fayetteville? <laughs> well, mine would be off the field. I mean, or, or nothing to do with with winning or losing a game. But first thing that came to mind when you asked the question was the comment following the game about "I'm just going to have me an old cold beer." I believe I'm going to have me old cold beer. Yeah, I mean that 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 defines and en- encompasses, encapsulates whatever word you want to use. Sam Pittman, who he is as a person, as a coach, as a recruiter, I, I, that, that's probably my favorite memory. Mine was beating LSU down there a couple of years ago. Um, that was my favorite memory. That um, Just the joy. I can't even describe to you what that was like after the game, how much fun that was. Um, we taped the TV show when it was over, and <laughs> that's as much fun as I've had. I was and all- I, I just can tell you that um, 
I can tell when these guys are having fun and when it's just for show, and he was genuinely having yeah. fun that night. Chuck, did y'all help me on this? Do y'all do, after away games, y'all tape it on the field in Tiger Stadium or back in Fayetteville? We tape it on the field at the other place. And that night, they tried to run us off the field. Their campus police, the, the guy was upset because LSU had lost. And they tried to run us off the field. And we kind of had a little standoff there for a few minutes. And we ended up recording on the field. But there were there were maybe a harsh word or two. Did you bow up? Did you bow your chest You bow up, Chuck? I'm not. Do you know who I am? I'm not getting hauled off to jail in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <laughs> let me just tell you that. But it did work out. And everything was fine. And it was just the heat of the moment. Yeah. Now, if I had to pick an on-the-field you know, win-or-lose situation, as a, as a memory, it'd be the Texas game. I I got I took my son to his very first mm-hmm. home game. It was an electric atmosphere. You know, we know we know the outcome. Everybody rushed the field. I mean, that that's a, the, the the game that comes to mind for me. Yeah, Texas game's really hard to beat. You think about that year when you win all three trophy games. You beat Texas A and M. You beat te- Texas, or excuse me, you beat Missouri and you beat LSU all in the same year. And that Texas game, while it doesn't have a trophy, it's symbolically the biggest rivalry that Arkansas has. Well, now, are you talking about big wins under Sam Pittman no, or, your, any, or your favorite memories favorite. of Sam Pittman? Any memory. It can be on I the field, you. it can be off the field, whatever the case. For, as far as on the field win, for me, it's Texas A&M. We hadn't beat those guys since 2011. It had been a decade. And he finally did it with an injured quarterback with having to figure out a, a, a variety of different things that day, and they finally accomplishment. As far as off the field, we'll go back to the first day. As you can tell, this means a lot, you know. Chuck, you were up there with them when he started tearing up a little bit when they had that opening day press conference. I watched, I mean, you were up there. We watched it. I just, I gathered just a huge sense of, wanting to belong, wanting to, again, give pride back to the state, which they instantly did it. I mean, you didn't have to, you don't have to go back to the first game. You're up on the, what is now the best program in college football after half, at half. I mean, it, it, it took Stetson Bennett and the company to come back in that seven. All you needed was a half to see what was going on within that football program. But that emotional moment for me was, even though it was the first thing we really ever saw outside of him signing the contract with Hunter, that was what stood out to me thus far. Well, I remember the day, and, you know, I know it meant a lot to him. This is a guy that I'm certain at his age, I would imagine he thought in his mind that I'm not going to be a Power 5 head coach. When you're 58, 59, 60 years old, you're not the one that they call first. Let's just be honest. Unless you're Nick Saban, you're not going to be the one they call first. They're going with a younger guy. And I'm certain that in the, I wouldn't even say in the back of his mind, maybe in the front of his mind, there was the thought that it's not going to happen. Now, I think he was content with that. I I don't don't think it was ruining his life or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but... When that opportunity presented itself, I do think it meant a lot to him. Now, I will say this that day. Here's what I remember about that day. There was the sense among those of us who were close to the program, we knew how much we needed him. Oh, my God. I don't know that we've ever needed a coach more than we needed Sam Pittman. Um, And that was my sense that day was how much we need you. We need you. And, 
He's given it everything he's got. It's not been perfect. He's not perfect. He's candid. You know, he says many times, I'd go back and do that differently if I had the opportunity to do that. Most guys don't say that. They try to justify what they did, even though it didn't work out. He's been pretty candid in that respect. But um, it means something to him to be the coach. You could tell from day one that his personality resonated with the people of our state. He understands how to talk to people as opposed to talking at them. And, you know, we're a blue-collar state. We're a state of working people. We're a pickup truck state. And, you know, we respect that in someone else. And I think most people in our state, hey, you, um, you give your best effort. You give it everything you got. You take pride in where you are and who you represent. We're good with you. Yeah. We value. But now when you stop doing that, we're not good with you anymore. And he's done that every day that he's been here. Yeah. We value toughness. Uh, we value grit and, like you said, hard work. We'd lost our way. You know, we'd become uh, anything but a tough football program and physical at the line. And that's the thing that I think people appreciate at the core is he's reinstilled that toughness and that identity of, you know, we're going to be physical at the line of scrimmage. We'd lost Fantasy our way in the season this year. And Buffalo I mean, Wild Wings is your head quarters for your draft enough games that Buffalo he was close Wild Wings has draft that kits edge. that include at least board and player we stickers. You won't go hungry with his nine-in fantasy uh, bundle Chad for your draft party. Get 50 traditional wings, 50 boneless well, we wings, two trays of party wedges, party size chips and salsa, and a party case of dip all for only $150. Plan your fantasy football draft party and get more details at your Buffalo Wild Wings. Fort Smith, Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, and Jonesboro. You're right. We lost our way in so many ways. That's why I say that's the thing I remember. Give your family the gift of true comfort. I don't know how this is going to work out. We got football. We got football. Packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as ninety-nine dollars a month, and no money down with up to two thousand dollars in credits. And look, it's not to say that you know there's not going to be games out there where you get curbed. Schedule your free estimate today. GoPascal.com. At Joshua's um, no, Fine I, Jewelry, I, I we specialize in getting you exactly what the, you want. Custom jewelry, professional program, repairs. We can program, even fix eyeglasses you know, and other small trinkets. Now we way. offer services He's with a new laser engraving slash cutting okay, machine. Ahead, we can well, mark any shape maybe I'm or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out in shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just as you can Get but outside of that, there's not really another game you can less. point to where you're we like, man, they got humiliated. Picture, they need to look like a football team a forever that day. Come see well, Nathan and let him tell you all yeah. the details. You, know, you can I'm, get exactly I'm what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. These barbershop guys are listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Go buy one of their two locations in northwest Arkansas. It gives you a chance to escape, number one. You can watch ESPN, you can watch the news, you can get use mindless TV. You got a chance to escape for a little bit, and you're going to come out looking good. That's the thing that I like about V's Barbershop is, you know, they combine the old with the new. You do have the best of the new, the television right there where you're sitting, but you also have the best of the old as well, a real leather chair. Um, hot leather treatments. You know, the old-timey barbershop feel back when it was a ritual you're going to feel that way too now they service all age groups and there are a lot of services uh, that they offer they've got two locations in northwest arkansas they're in bentonville 
on Southwest 14th Street. That's right off 71B. They're in Rogers in the Pleasant Crossing Shopping Center. And they've got two locations in West Little Rock. And you can always log on to vbarbershop.com. If you want to call or text us, feel free to on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Again, our number via call, via text, 877-377-6963. Six locations in Springdale and Benville. Chuck, we got Burgergate going on in Ann Arbor right now. Hamburgers. Hamburgers! The cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. What kind of hamburgers? Cheeseburgers. No, 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 no. Where'd you get them? McDonald's, Wendy's, Jack in the Box, where? Big Kahuna Burger. So they've got this four-game suspension. Great movie, by the way. Oh, fantastic. Every time I think of anything burger-related, that's the reference I point to. Samuel L. Jackson, John Travolta in that scene were unbelievable. But you've got a four-game suspension laid out. It seems like Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, have, and the NCAA have kind of come to this conclusion. First reported by Ross Dellinger. Again, they're calling it Burgergate in Ann Arbor. Got a level one violation, a couple other things, and uh, for lying about paying for some meals. Uh, he gets the first four games suspended against ECU, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. Uh, again, not murderers row in terms of competition, but this is a team that's expected to make a run, not just at the Big Ten title, but a college football playoff and uh, not a good start for the Wolverines first four games. Oh, I don't think it'll affect the outcome. I think they'll be 4-0 after those games. I, I don't, I, you know, it, it's it's a bad look, but I don't think it's going to affect the outcomes of the games. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything in that regard. I don't know a lot about this. I know he bought a kid a cheeseburger and lied about it. Um, and the lying's what the level one violation is. Buying the cheeseburger is not going to get you suspended. It's not going to get you put on probation. You're going to self-report it as a secondary violation, and everybody's going to move on. Um, it's the lying part, evidently, that got him. I don't, um, you know, I don't, I've not kept up with it, frankly. Just, I'll be as honest as I can be there. I know that they've suspended him for four games, and I think they'll be 4-0 and at the conclusion of those four games. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And this may provide maybe a little chip on the shoulder, a little extra motivation. I don't know if he can, you know, rally a team around a suspension or not. But, you know, they're always needing an edge to get past Ohio State. And I could see where this might provide that. Well, here's one thing about all this. And, and it gives fodder for particularly other fan bases to talk about. But he didn't lose his team in all this. He didn't lose his team in all this. He's a pro player guy, and by that I mean he's for the players. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think he's lost his team. I don't think it's going to affect anything. He won't be there on Saturday. He's still going to be there Monday through Friday. Nothing changes other than he's not there on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Now, look, I'm not minimizing the fact that you're out there without your leader. I'm not minimizing that. And I would be surprised, frankly, if Michigan has dominated all four of those games. I think they'll win all four of them. So I'm not minimizing the effect of not having your head coach on the sidelines. But I don't think by the time we get to November, um, I don't think it's going to have anything to do with where Michigan's standing in the pecking order. I'm still trying to figure out why he would lie about something as I don't minor know. as a cheeseburger. Just a, imper- I don't you know, know. An, a, an impermissible benefit well, like this. Why do you lie? Because you think you can get away with it right, but in you almost don't, any I mean, situation. But, but even, we don't but know enough the, about it. Yeah. I mean, we're speaking very generally here. We're yeah. speaking very generally here. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know the ins and outs of this case. But, but if, it, if it is what it is on the surface, 
and it was a secondary violation for buying a meal that wasn't permissible to a recruit, why wouldn't you just tell the truth and Well, that's on? the natural question, but evidently there was a reason why he felt like he did, uh, why he felt like he needed to. Now, I'm not saying it's a good reason. Yeah. I'm just saying that um, you don't just say, well, I'm going to deny buying him a cheeseburger. Got to be more to it than that. Here, here's what it makes me think about. Jim Harbaugh's name consistently circulates in the offseason about open NFL jobs. Does something like this say, you know what, I'm just done with, with college after this well, year? Well, let me I'm say done. this about that. Jim Harbaugh's never said I'm thinking about going to the pros. But no one these are these are these are the majority of them. I mean, you know how this coach carousel stuff works. Two thirds of the things that are reported out there aren't true. That is true. They're just clickbait stuff. But I, I don't I don't just because the media says he may go to the NFL, that doesn't mean it's ever been imminent. And that's true, but no coach has ever come out and said whether it's the next college job or an NFL job, I'm thinking about taking it. No coach will ever say that. It is suicide. Well, why do you think he's at. interested though? I, I I mean, I'm not sure why people think he's interested in going to the NFL. If your question is, will this drive him to the NFL? No. Fantasy football season is here, and Buffalo Wild Wings is your headquarters for your draft party. Buffalo Wild Wings has draft kits that include a draft board and player stickers. You won't go hungry with this dine-in fantasy bundle for your draft party. Get 50 traditional wings, 50 boneless wings, two trays of party wedges, party-sized chips and salsa, and a party queso dip, all for only $150. Plan your fantasy football draft party and get more details at your Buffalo Wild Wings in Fort Smith, Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, and Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Beer. Wings. Football. It's Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today. GoPascal.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Coach Pittman joining us in about 15 minutes from now. How to couple funny one-liners last week, including this interaction. Hi, Coach. Clark Brooks on three in SEC StatCat. Garth Brooks? Clark Brooks. C-L-A-R-K. I get it all the time. Get it all the time. Well, no, I just thought it was. I was getting ready to get your autograph. (laughs) I don't know if y'all have seen that great picture of Pittman at the Garth Brooks concert about a year ago where he's out the window. He's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and he's just waving to Arkansas fans. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I don't recall that one, but... But I'm sure it was a good picture. Yeah. It was a great picture. So he's smiling, happy, and I, I know a lot of people were happy to be there that night, but happy that he's making some time for us. He probably did about seven hours of media last Wednesday, Tommy, and yet 
going to recap it with us this morning. Yep, glad to have him on. And, uh, you know, they're winding down the last few days. August 4th will be here for their first practice, and I'm sure there's a lot of office hours going on right now. A couple baseball tidbits for you in your hog update. They announced the Globe Life Field officially. Arkansas is going to be paired up with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I think Rock Reggio is still on that team. Oregon State and Michigan. It's going to be the 23rd and the 25th on our favorite television and broadcasting partner, Flow Sports. Our absolute favorite, guys. So if you want to watch that, if you're not in the Dallas area, you're not making a trip, that's how you can uh, probably pay about $30 to watch it. That weekend. That's the second weekend of the season, Correct. too. It's not the opening weekend like we've seen some of these events before. They've so. got the they've got another uh, pair or not pairing, but another group that's the uh, the weekend before. Mm-hmm. If I remember that right, but that is the weekend. Uh, yeah, and and I think it's a good idea. I think what they're doing is a good idea down there at Globe Park. If you look on our side, Oklahoma State's on there too, as you said. You've got two uh, two teams that'll draw locally, and I think on the other side you've got A and M and TCU. I forget the other two teams. But um, so you'll have local fan bases that'll be there that uh, I won't say they'll fill it up, but I'll bet they put 20,000, 25,000 people in there. Well, I'm glad you made that point. I was reading a piece from Matt Jones in Whole Hawk Sports. It was the largest crowd last year in college baseball until the College World Series with over 21,000 people. And I bet it'll be more than that. This year, Arkansas fans from my brother who went last year said that they, uh, even with some of the Texas schools, they had the most fans in attendance when it came to that week. And we'll see if that's the same way. Well, and one thing to consider, too, if you live in Michigan and it's February, Mm. Dallas is like going to Bora Bora. (laughs) I mean, you'll uh, you'll 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 find a reason to go. And Oregon State's got a pretty good fan base. And it was not like our fan base when we saw them in Omaha, but they got a lot of pe- they had a lot of people there. And it's kind of like what you would do in football and basketball, in that you are f- if if you're of a mind to make one road trip, you know that might be the one you mm-hmm. make. And you can get a nonstop flight to DFW from virtually or or Love Field yeah. from virtually anywhere in the country. Yeah, no, that is true. By the way, Admin Wynn texted in on the McClory Daniel hotline. Apparently, Rock Riccio has signed and been drafted already, so I guess you won't get to see the, the, the blonde guy, the blonde rock. But there'll be their fans there, mm-hmm. and, and I, I mean, it'll be um, it'll be a good atmosphere. We'll have a huge crowd there, yeah. and um, it'll be, uh, I think it's smart Globe Life's doing this. I'm glad they are. They're doing it in a place where they can draw and showcase the game, and I'll even give Flow Sports this. They've gotten better. They've gotten better. That again, this is just a possibility. I didn't say they were good. So they <laughs> got better. He didn't jump to that extreme. There's that possibility again. This is the February 23rd and 25th. That Sweet 16 game in Dallas, and th- about three weeks later, the possibility of having two Arkansas-related events in the Dallas area would be pretty cool. Again, you're not—that's a long way away, but something to think about we as well. We know the baseball team is going to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. don't know about we the basketball. know that. Don't know the basketball team just yet. Last thing here in your hog update: still baseball. This Lincoln Riley apparently is not a fan of the SEC. Not the one that's out in Southern California coaching the USC Trojans, but the transfer that announced his commitment from EIU. Played all 59 games in center field for them last year. Had a perfect fielding percentage and had a 24-game on base streak at the tail end. Why do you like him? Because he gets on base. 24 straight times to end the year. He got on base before their season. And what's his name? Lincoln Riley? Lincoln Riley, Chuck. Lincoln Riley. 
Well, it'll be an e- it'll be an easy name to remember. Yeah, yeah. that's going to do it for your hog update this morning. Brought to you by our friends at Mister Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Sparky. All right, so earlier in the program, we were talking about some of our favorite Sam Pittman moments. Some of you referenced things that happened on the field. Some of you referenced some, something funny he said. Charlie and Camden is, is called in on the McClarty Daniel hotline. Car- Charlie, you've got a favorite Sam Pittman memory you want to share with us this morning. Well, it's kind of a tie here. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the Texas win and just how excited he was and before that game. And kind of that pregame speech I've heard and the postgame speech. And then I want to go back to the COVID year when we won our first SEC game. I think our first win was against Mississippi State, right? It sure was. It sure was. That was a big win. That that, that up there was one of my favorite memories because, let's think about it, a team that had been in such a rut for so long. And just getting them to start believing again, I think his ability to do that is something special. Uh, anyway, that, that that's what I would go with. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I got so sick of everyone quoting how many hundreds of days it had been since you'd won an SEC ball game. <laughs> so it was great to end that streak right there, Chuck. Well, I think it also gave us the sense that things are going to be okay. You know, mm-hmm. there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're not there yet, but we can see it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that was the game that we as a fan base, perhaps for the first time, really felt in our heart we got the right guy. And if you go back the week before, KJ Costello lit LSU yep. up. And it, all week I heard from every single national commentator how bad Arkansas was going to get torched. What does he do in that game? There's two or three interceptions, Ooh. including a pick six. I think he had I think there were six total interceptions in that game. If I remember right. For for Arkansas in? And Mississippi State. No, I think Mississippi didn't between oh, the pick six in that game, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah. They all run together. But, yeah, but yeah. well, the the point is, is that, you know, I don't want to get bogged down on who did what numbers, but he had a really good week the week before. Yeah. You are right. There was the sense and the general consensus that he'd do the same thing to Arkansas. Oh, mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is, if you based it on what you'd seen the two years before, it was it was a logical conclusion. Oh, we thought they were going to award him the Heisman in Fayetteville yeah. just after the next game. He was going to have a, you know 2,000 yards of passing after two weeks. It was just going to be over. Yeah, Heisman I, trophy. He, right uh, I think Greg Brooks took the one of the initial drives back yeah. for a pick six, and they uh, did that. not have a good day. That's great. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! (laughs) 
Have you tried Binville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Binville Brewing. Full-time, he is the head football coach at the University of Arkansas. Part-time, he's a backup vocalist for porn. Coach, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good. It's you, great to be on with you guys, especially the Hall of Famer Chuck Barrett, you know. There you go. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, Hall of you Famer. You, don't, don't leave that part out. So. Hey, Coach. Thank so. you. Good morning, Chuck. How are you, buddy? So. <laughs> I'm doing good, guys. Man, we're, we're glad you're here. Coach... Have you got a good football team this year? Yeah. Yeah, we've got a good team. You know, I talked to them yesterday. You know, it's uh, not about good players don't always win games. It's about the best team. And fortunately, we have good players. And we we just got to have the best team on a Saturday. And and uh, I really like the culture in the building. I think Ben Souders has done a great job. Uh, in the weight room, not only developing the kids, but developing their minds and their toughness and doing things correct, correctly. And it's not okay not to do it right and things of that nature. And, and, uh, I really like the, the way that the feel, I guess you could say of the team. Coach, you've had a lot of change. You mentioned one of them there in the off season. You got two new coordinators and a lot of focus with your returning quarterback and KJ Jefferson. When, when we see the offense for its first time in, in just under 40 days, what will look different? What will feel different from tempo formations? What will the fans see in game one? I think formationally, you know, that'll be a big difference for us. I think, you know, you'll see a lot of, of different personnel, um, things of that nature. I think we feel pretty good about our tight end room now. So I think we can obviously, we've, we would like to be able to put more than one out there at a time. And, and, uh, I think it'll just be a, a lot different personnel. I think our question mark is, you know, I think we've got to come out with uh, where we, how we look at wide receiver. I really uh, must preface that I really like the room. Uh, who's going to run out there with the ones and things of that nature? I think we've got to figure that out uh, offensively uh, would be our biggest question. I know I get a lot of questions about the offensive line, but I, I'm, I feel pretty good about the offensive line. Hey, Coach, I want to go back, and it kind of ties in with what you just said about the offensive line. You said at SEC Media Days we had a really hard summer, um, and you just talked about Ben Sider a minute ago. You made a, a change at the end of last season, and it seems from the outside looking in like there was a real recommitment to the physical aspect of football. What what did they do this summer that made it difficult? And, and, and you kind of touched on it a minute ago, but – how does that make you better in the fall? Well, Arkansas has been known for toughness, and uh, I'm not for sure that we at times didn't get away from that. And uh, so we doubled our OTA. Um, uh, we've got, we, we went June. We, we've gone the full eight weeks of, of OTAs and, and uh, uh, five days a week lifting. Instead of four, uh, we went out in the heat of, of the afternoon every single time that we went out. We never went in the morning 
in our team run. And uh, we were just, you know, the mind's still powerful, and we just wanted to make us a stronger mental football team. And, uh, you know, the hard times we needed to see them in the summer. And I think we had to be, you know, we had to be comfortable being uh, not liked at times. You know, and and uh, I think a lot of times we wanted to have the approval of the team. Uh, and I'm not talking about treating them bad. I'm talking about treating them where we can go win our football games, our close football games. And so we went back to old school uh, rock them, sock them robots a little bit, and, and I think it's going to pay off for us. Hey, staying with the old line there, you mentioned them a minute ago. Um, tell us about the tackle spots and 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 maybe what you hope to see happen in August as you get ready to play. Well, I feel pretty good, Chuck, about Manuel and Tudis. I, I do. I feel good about Crawford, and I think um, at the tackles, you know, everybody has to start for the first time. Sometimes, you know, everybody. You look at your greatest players in the NFL. They had their first start at one point or another. Andrew Thomas, whom they're saying might be the best tackle in the NFL right now, at some point he had to start. and He had to start as a freshman. I feel the same way about Manuel and Kudis. I think they're really, really good players that, you know, they just don't have the game experience. I like Tykees Crawford. He's the fastest offensive lineman on the team right now. I love the development of Andrew Chambly. And so what you really want is you want – guys that are playing tackle that are number two that will be this guy that goes in if, you know, you get a lead or you get an injury that he just plugs and plays. Um, we would really like to stay away from move, moving Brady Latham out to left tackle if something happens to Devin. And uh, I do think Crawford will be that guy at right tackle. Whether he beats Kudis out or not, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I think Chambly is the guy that I think is going to keep coming on where we can leave Brady where he is because you really don't want to make two moves uh, with one injury. And we have not been in that situation yet to where we can just the two is the two. And I think we're really close right now. Uh, I know you asked about uh, tackle, Chuck, but, you know, the big thing for me, uh, I think, uh, coming into, into the fall camp is how good is Amari Wiggins? Can he be that number two center uh, where you don't have to move Kudis in there uh, at that position, too? So I think those are the two biggest ones, center, and obviously the tackles. Can we find four tackles? Can we find two centers without having to move somebody else? We're talking with Coach Sam Pittman on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Coach, Chuck just referenced fall camp. What are you most excited to see at fall camp coming up in August? Well, we had uh, nine or ten guys come in uh, in June, late May, June. So I, I, we need to find out who we have uh, uh, with those new guys. Um, we talked about some of the battles. If you look over in the secondary, I think uh, I'm excited about the secondary, but we are positive about where everybody's going to play. I think uh, safety would be uh, more of a concern right now than corner. And oh, do we have enough corners where we could move one of those guys to play a hog or play a boundary safety? 
I don't know. So those things, I'm excited to see. We we can run now. We have the fastest team we've had since I've been here. Um, uh, but I'm excited to see how that safety battle uh, kind of shakes out. The other thing I like about our team is our defensive ends. I think we've got big, and I think we've got speed on the edge. So I'm excited to see those guys and see how that thing all shakes out as well. Coach, you mentioned the 10 players in June. I think last week you referenced 27 players came in between the bowl and spring practice that you did get to see. Obviously, you're utilizing the portal. What have you found as the head coach to be the key factors to be successful when going into the transfer portal? Well, they have to have played. Uh, first of all, uh, you can't go off of I – mean, we've all seen five stars that uh, go somewhere. They go in the portal. They want to transfer. They never played at that other school. A lot of times they'll never play at the school they transfer to. So the biggest key is they have to play. We're not really concerned about the level of ball they played at. Uh, you know, we obviously went and got some Division two wide receivers who happen to be at this point in time – uh, some of the best we have on the football team. So uh, we're not really concerned about the level, but we are concerned about the production and have they played college football. And really it all comes out down to character and work ethic. Once you see the film and you go, yeah, he's fast enough, he's this, that, and other, but the key is what's his character because we're unique, we're different. I believe that I, you know, our work ethic is different. Uh, uh, our culture is different and we need somebody that fits into that and uh, I think that's the biggest thing we've done is we brought in high character kids we've obviously evaluated on tape but we brought in high character kids that fit into what we're trying to get done when it comes to KJ Jefferson a lot of people will focus on yards ran and passing yards is maybe the most important number for KJ 12 games 12 games started this year is that the most important thing with him I think so. I mean, he obviously does a good, nice job of hanging on to the football and, and not throwing interceptions and things of that nature. But uh, we need to keep him healthy. Now, I do believe that we're in much better shape than, than we've been in in a backup role since he was a backup uh, at that spot with Criswell and Porton. Uh, I think that we're, uh, we've got a good developmental quarterback coming in with Singleton, or is here with Singleton. But I think that's the key. You got to keep your big horse. You know, you got to keep him healthy. And uh, you know, I call him a horse because he's Clydesdale. You know, and and uh, uh, and he's Superman and all those type things. But if you keep your best player healthy, you've got a lot better chance of winning. We were talking about earlier in the show kind of the favorite memories since you got on campus and I know that you've had again a lot more in-depth perspective because you've experienced them yourself coach what has been your favorite memory thus far since becoming the head coach at Arkansas well I I mean Texas was pretty good Uh, uh, the Liberty Bowl was a big one for me because we had nine starters out Team could have went south. Seemed like everything was Barry had left. You know, took his head coaching job. Blah blah blah. All those things. You know, and that was a big one. Uh, certainly, getting uh, going to Mississippi State after they had beaten LSU and getting off that SEC run that we weren't winning was was a big one. The opener last year against Cincinnati was a nice win for us. There, there's been a lot of them, but 
probably as high on that list as going to LSU at night and winning a couple of years ago. That was a nice win for us as well. Coach had a lot of close games last year. There was four games that uh, had a nine-point differential that didn't go your way. How much time have you spent the offseason thinking about that, and what changes have you made internally to, to maybe make those games come out different this year? Well, I think we've made a big, uh, offensively, uh, we've made a, uh, effort, a big effort on short yardage, goal line offense. Uh, certainly, instead of playing second, second play three, play third, we've done a lot of third play four. Um, you know, some of these games that uh, we lost were not only losing down on the goal line, they were losing on fourth down and one and things of that nature and, and uh, ga- you know, game-changing uh, m- moments. And so we worked very, very hard at that. I think it's a personnel deal as well, especially when you're looking down uh, in short yardage and goal line. On defense, we just didn't need a lot of work. We weren't very good. Uh, the kids know that. We know that. We weren't very good. And I think, um, you know, changing from uh, primary f- uh, three down to four down is going to help us with our physicality there. Uh, put another big on the field and take a, another uh, skill off. And uh, so uh, certainly those things uh, have an edge, edge, edge pressure on short yardage on defense, uh, I think will help us. And, and having Dink's done a nice job of recruiting the D line and having more bigs on the field will help us there. You know, getting off the field on third down on defense, big deal. And how you do that is you just practice it, and uh, and you reward winners and losers in spring ball, and that's what we did. Coach, we'll leave it there this morning. Coach Sam Pittman, kind enough to join us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Thirty-eight days out to y'all's opener. Coach, good luck this season. We appreciate you making some time for us. Okay, guys. You're good at what you do. I appreciate you having me on. All right, Coach. Thank you. All right. Bye, Chuck. All right. Good conversation. I thought he gave us some good nuggets there, guys. And uh, I particularly like the, 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 the last answer there about, you know, there were four games decided by nine points. I'm sure there's been some sleepless nights, Chuck, trying to figure out how to turn those instances around this year. Well, I think you talked about it, and it it for me all ties back to you know what they've done the last several weeks when we've not been watching them you know he talked about how not only were some of those short yardage plays at the goal line but some of them were out in the middle of the field on fourth and one and those plays you don't always remember because they're not at the goal line but when you don't make those plays on fourth down you're giving the other team a short field or if you're on defense and you gave it up suddenly you know, they're into the scoring zone and they got four new downs. So you got to win those plays. And uh, I think it, I think those plays has just been my observation over the years. I, I think um, those plays are won and lost in the summer, man. I know that people think that ev- everything they talk about in the summer is just, you know, th- that it doesn't mean anything. I truly believe, I've truly come to believe that what happens on 4th and 1 on the first Saturday of November has a lot to do with what you're doing on Saturdays in July. You asked him about the offensive tackles, and I thought he, he gave a deep dive to us there. And I thought the, the thing he said more than anything, don't make two moves with one injury. They're really trying to, to have the backup at center with Wiggins, as he talked about, and have flexibility so they don't have to make multiple moves when someone goes down. 
Well, I think we kind of got a little insight into you know what they're thinking is. Mm-hmm. Pardon me, in, in, yep. in terms of where they may may put players. Kudus is the backup center right now, based on what he said a minute ago. Kudus is their right. option at center, which means you got to move Tyke's Crawford up at tackle. If this Wiggins kid can take the number two spot, he's got to take it. You don't give it to him just because it'd be better to leave Kudus over there. He's got to take it, and if he does, it allows you to personnel-wise be too deep at tackle. And, you know, he also said that we are hoping that we do not have to move Brady Latham Mm -hmm. to left tackle. Yep. So in that breath, he's saying if it doesn't work out with these two guys, this is what we're going to do. But, you know, when he talks about Devin Manuel, and and I can tell you this, I I can just tell you from – I'm not divulging anything here. I can just tell you that he's like those two guys from the minute they came here, just like he has Kudus. He knows offensive linemen. I mean, he knows who's good and who's not. And so, you know, that left tackle spot and the right tackle spot, they've certainly got to be solidified. But I thought his comment about the center spot was interesting because it sounds like perhaps this younger player seizing that second spot um, I won't say that's the that's the linchpin if somebody gets hurt, but it's going to be a real key component to how they handle it. It's National Bagel Fest Day. One of the questions I got asked at SEC Media Days: If I'm a bagel or biscuit guy, are you guys bagels oh. or biscuit guy? Biscuits. Which one are you going with? Biscuits all biscuit. the way. What about you, Chuck? Are you a bagel? I'm a biscuit guy. Biscuit I'm a biscuit guy. guy. Yeah. Is the bagel more versatile though? Well, bread shouldn't be boiled, right? You make a bagel by boiling it, right? Then you steam it up. Is that how it's made? I didn't even know that's how it's made. I would probably go biscuit as well. I think I just biscuit. get the bagel out of the package, throw in the yeah. toaster, yeah. put a little cream cheese on it, and away you go. I go butter. There's nothing wrong with a bagel, but give me the biscuit. biscuit. We're in the South, man. You ever heard anyone have bagels and gravy? Yeah, I feel like I never heard of bagels and gravy. I feel like that's more of a uh, a Northern theme for the bagel. I like bagels. That was one of my favorite traditions with my mom is going to our local bagel shop, but biscuits to me are better. Not close. It's National Bagel Fest Day. Yeah, you can go have you one. I'm a biscuit guy, but I guess I can celebrate it on that day. All right. Well, it's uh, that's uh, that won't be that won't be for me today. Uh, you know, but uh, not celebrating. Do I look like a guy that eats bagels over biscuits? Probably not. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the Natty State. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.